from John chapter 12, first eight verses. John 12, hear now the word of God. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who had also been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. And then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When we ask the question, what is a Christian? There are three ways the Bible answers that question. One is through doctrine. We think of the epistles of the Apostle Paul explaining what it means to know the Lord, to be a Christian. How is one justified by faith and how to live the Christian life. A second way is through discourse. This would be when we have two people speaking to each other, maybe somebody asking the Apostle Paul, what must I do to be saved? Or coming up to Jesus and asking a question and he's explaining it. So through discourse with each other, we learn how to be a Christian and what it means. But there's a third way, and that is by example. And that's when nobody speaks, but through an example, we see what it means to be a Christian. And in our passage, that's what we have here. The example of what a Christian is, is somebody who doesn't even speak at all. And that is Mary. The context is the Lord is a few days away from his crucifixion. And he's eating a meal a few miles away at in Bethany at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So this Mary is the sister of Lazarus. If you can remember, Martha Mary as his sisters. He had been raised by Christ from the dead, and they were hosting a meal for him. This would be a very dangerous thing to do because already they were looking to arrest Christ, and that means they were taking great risk to host him at their house. Now, Mary then becomes the example of what is a believer? What is a Christian? And the answer is someone who loves Jesus Christ and devotes him or herself to the Lord out of thankfulness for salvation. That love is demonstrated as she pours upon Jesus the most expensive of perfumes. Now, normally we're given the amount because this was about a year's wage for a poor Israelite. So this was not something cheap. She was spending a lot of money to do this. She drenches the Lord's feet, his ankles, and his toes. And so the whole house had this sweet-smelling aroma from what she did. The question you are to ask is, why is she doing this? What is she symbolizing by this act? At first reading, you might think, well, this, she's just being a good host. 
This is what hosts do. But this really is not what a host would do in those days. In those days, you would wash the feet of somebody visiting, but you would never drench the feet with expensive perfume. You would take a little bit of oil and anoint their head just for smell because they had been sweating. It's the desert. But this was unheard of. This was not a normal custom, not anything a host would normally do. So we know she's doing something very unusual. Fortunately, we're told why down in verse 7, where Jesus says, she is anointing me for burial. You see, this was a custom, but it wasn't a custom for anyone alive. This was what you would do after a loved one had died. You would anoint their feet for burial. And you would anoint them because the body would begin to decay and smell. And so Mary was perceiving something that the other disciples had not perceived yet. And what she was perceiving was that the reason Jesus had come to such a dangerous place where they were looking to arrest him is that Jesus had come to die. See, the disciples had not got that yet. They kept saying to him, don't go to Jerusalem. They're looking for you. And they were confused why he was there. Mary had insight. Mary knew why he was there. He was there to give his life for his people, to die as a sacrifice. And so we don't know why she had more insight than the disciples, but Jesus said, she knows why I'm here. She's anointing, anointing my feet for death. You see, Mary knew that if she was going to have a relationship with God, Christ must die for her. And he knew exactly what he was doing. He had the power to stay away, but he had come to Jerusalem to be arrested and to die. But she isn't simply anointing his feet for burial, as if she would never see him again. Because the reason the faithful in Israel anointed the dead was belief in the resurrection. That one day this body wouldn't permanently decay, but the body would rise again. So Mary's faith is going beyond simply saying, well, Jesus would die and that would be it. By anointing the feet with perfume, you are in hope saying, we're going to see him again. His body will not always decay. That is why the Jews anointed the feet of the dead in hope of the resurrection. And so in this one symbolic act, Mary is proclaiming what a Christian believes. Jesus must die for me, and then he must rise again. The only way I'm ever going to have eternal life is if Jesus rises again. Because if he can't rise again, there's no hope that I could. So in this burial, Mary is actually saying, this is my Savior, he must die for me, and he must rise again. And that is what she is proclaiming through this act. But there's one more thing happening in this text unique about what Mary does. She doesn't simply anoint his feet, which is what you would do for the dead. What else do you see her doing here? She takes her hair and she begins to wipe um, her feet with her hair, his feet with her hair. Now there's something unique going on here. What she is doing is she is symbolically saying, his death is my death. She's spreading oil and she's wiping it, saying, what is happening to you will happen for me. You are covering me 
This will belong to me. Whatever you're doing in sacrifice, I need it. And you will represent me on the cross. It's another way of saying your death will be my death. This is where my sins will be taken care of. So that there's a, a sort of a transferring of her sins onto Christ. Remember in the Old Testament, if you offered an animal at the sacrifices, right before you gave it to the priest, you would put your hands on the animal. It's a way of saying, may my sins be put on that sacrifice. And that's what Mary is doing. She is saying, may my sins be put on you as you go to the cross. So now we have in one silent act where she doesn't have to speak a definition of what a Christian is. A Christian is someone who knows he's a sinner. He needs a sacrifice for sins. He believes Jesus is the Savior. And in that faith, he says, or she says, he is my Savior. My sins are upon him. That's what I believe. And then notice how she's willing to sacrifice her life. She's willing to give. She risks her life even hosting this meal. Because she knows she could die by the authorities, by identifying with Christ. But she's spending money. She's risking her life because of what God has done for her or what he will do at the cross. This is a definition of a Christian, what one believes, and then a devoted life to the Savior. Now, often in the Bible, the Bible provides what's called foils. Have you heard of that in literature? A foil is somebody just the opposite. That makes that example shine even more. Well, we're provided a foil here, aren't we? And that is Judas. Judas is the very opposite of Mary. And Judas' example shows what somebody who's interested in religion, but is not a Christian. The very opposite of Mary. Judas is a talker. Mary is a doer. Judas does like religion, but he likes it for selfish reasons. And so he speaks not from love, but from greed. And notice what he does. He complains all the money that's been wasted by this perfume. Of course, we're told here he's a hypocrite. He, he was stealing money from the treasury box. And that would have been a lot of money that he could have had for himself. So notice our Lord's response here. He commends Mary and he rebukes Judas. He even vindicates Mary by protecting her reputation. Don't criticize her, he says. Um, what she's doing is good. And so he protects Mary, but he criticizes Judas. He says, leave her alone. The poor you always have with you. Now, this one statement destroys liberalism or liberal Christianity. Liberalism often says the very substance of Christianity is to feed the poor. And help the less fortunate. And notice how Christ himself says here, that is not the most important thing in Christianity. You, you can always, anyone can help the poor. And you can always do that. But the very substance of Christianity is believing in Christ for salvation and living for him. Not good works. That's not the very substance of the faith. And so Mary understood what the faith was all about. It was about Christ and believing in him and devoted himself. And then there's always opportunity to help the poor. But Christ himself takes priority over the poor. 
So the way this passage is written, first Mary and then Judas, John the writer wants you to compare the two, to compare a true believer with a false believer. So let's do a little comparison. Mary anoints Jesus for death. Judas betrays him unto death. Mary looks at Christ and says, What can I give in return for what you are about to do for me? Judas looks at Christ and says, What can I get out of this for this life? Mary sacrifices for the Lord. Judas looks at that type of sacrifice as a waste of time and a waste of money. That's committed and that's unnecessary to Judas. Mary serves. Judas manipulates. Mary loves Christ. Judas loves what? Money. Mary goes to heaven when she dies. And we know where Judas ends up. In hell. And so here you have a very summary and a picture of a genuine Christian. A sinner saved by the grace of God in the gospel in Christ dying for them. And then living the rest of their life in devotion to their Savior. A thankful, genuine Christian. Judas is the opposite. And John wrote this to us, that we would be like Mary. Let's pray. Our God and Savior, we thank you for such a great example that Mary provides to us of a genuine believer. May we stand with Mary with the same testimony. Christ is my Savior. Those were my sins. And we live for him. Not like Judas, what we can get out of it in this life. But giving back to God in thankfulness. And we thank you for what Mary has taught us. And we thank you for what you have done for us on the cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.